Good evening, uh, Mr. and thanks for having me, and good evening to your listeners. Now, you know, Maudi, yesterday we were talking about um, the impasse at Old Mutual, and this time yesterday, uh, Moya was very confidently saying that I'm going back to office, so I'll see you at Old Mutual tomorrow. Uh, but today it did not quite go as planned or as he had anticipated. And one of the things I noticed yesterday as well is the fact that, um, that the share price was dropping quite incrementally throughout the day as the the drama was unfolding. What What are your thoughts on what's happening at Old Mutual and how is it really affecting uh, the business? Yeah, so as, as, you, as you mildly put it, I mean, it was drama. And I mean, this kind of drama <laughs> uh, is very disappointing, I must uh, admit, for, for shareholders to be watching such drama unfold where, you know, the old, uh, the old mutual board could be found wanting um, in the manner in which they uh, they are now you know being found wanting because clearly they must have they've definitely not gone about the right way of of dealing with the moral situation. Um, if you know they had a case, you know I think they could have presented it in a in a in a, prop, in a, in a proper manner. Uh, every employee deserves the respect that they they, they deserve. And, you know, especially when it's even the CEO, the leader of, of the company, um, to be treated in the manner in which he's been treated. I think it's unacceptable and the board needs to take some, some accountability here. So now they're going to be appealing that uh, situation. It doesn't help. I mean, all, all it does, uh, system is that it creates even further uncertainty going forward. Um, but I think the sooner they, they handle this situation, the, the better. Old Mutual is not a small company. This is a big organization. Um, and I think it, you know, they can at least behave in a much, much uh, more professional way. And I think so far, so disappointing. That's why you saw the share price come under so much pressure. Today, it was unchanged. I think everybody, you know, looking at sort of monitoring what, what's going to unfold there. Now there's an appeal. It's going to be tracking forever. There's an acting CEO, and the new and the old CEO is back in is back in town. And, you know, it just creates a lot of uncertainty, unnecessary uncertainty. And, and there was really a, a showdown today with the media cameras actually having access to Old Mutual with Moyo there as well as the Old Mutual representative and all of this un- unfolding in front, in full view of the public. Do you think that this has some sort of reputational damage for Old Mutual? Well, it does. I mean, as I said, Old Mutual is a big, is a big company and I think you would expect that um, you know the the board should at least lead in terms of you know give, you know providing the leadership and and, the, and 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 an example of what good leadership um, is about. And I think so far uh, none of that is happening. So and and I mean Mr. Moyo has got every right. The court has ruled that he was unfairly uh, dismissed. He's got every right to go back to his job. And um, as I said, I think it's a it's a big indictment um, on 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 the on the board of Old Mutual. Um, there was also a, a bomb scare. I see they evacuated the entire building. Uh, all the employees were out. Then they came back after it was clear that it was a scare. It was a bomb scare. So a lot of drama unfolding there, and I think it's unnecessary, very unnecessary. There have there has been talk that a lot of this is is personal between uh, chairman of the board Trevor Manuel and and Mr Moyo and and that is what is allegedly fueling um, the fire and fueling the the push for him to be to be moved out and and to be pushed out. Um, how serious is that? Look, it is very serious. I mean, it is 
people are going to let the personal matters come in between, you know, their decision making um, at big organizations such as Old Mutual, then, then, you know, one is going to really have a lot of questions about the credibility of that board. And if it's, um, you know, a fight between the CEO and, 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 and the chairman, why are other board members not taking their own independent view uh, around, you know, the, the whole situation? You know, why are they fighting with, with, with the chairman? Those are some of the questions that, that then brings in the issues of whether they're just there to add numbers or they can actually be independent, which is what they're required to, to be. Um, independent board members who can think independently and take decisions on their own. So clearly, you know, there are lots of questions to be raised around this board. Uh, some even calling, you know, the whole board to be expanded and so that the new uh, board members can be elected. I, I think um, after this ruling, um, and especially we'll, we'll wait and see what the appeal, uh, what happens with the appeal. But I think if they lose the appeal, certainly a lot of questions will be raised um, mm-hmm. on this board. Now, I'd like us also to focus on another company now that is actually taking their shareholders quite seriously. There has been pressure that Standard Bank has been facing from shareholder activists to take action against climate change. And and quite interesting, quite interestingly now, Old Mutual has adopted a policy of funding coal-fired power projects. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so a couple of months ago, Standard Bank, yes, uh, came under a lot of pressure. And I think this is in line with what's happening uh, globally. Uh, many, you know, organizations are starting to uh, pull away from funding these coal-powered projects, um, you know, understandably, uh, due to the fact that, um, you know, they're looking to protect the climate. You know, there's issues to do with climate change, um, especially after the Paris uh, Agreement, um, you know, so a lot of companies are now starting to, to move in that direction. And, of course, uh, shareholders came under. Um, they started putting Standard Bank, the likes of Standard Bank, under pressure to say, look, you can't continue funding these big projects. But, of course, Standard Bank has now decided to say, look, we they are going to not just apply a blanket approach on, on you know, completely not funding the, the coal power uh, project, but they're going to look at uh, each individual project and say, you know, what... Um, you know what sort of, and also they're going to put some limits. So what 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 project is it for? And and understandably, looking at it, especially from a developing con- uh, countries uh, such as South Africa and the whole of developing um, you know emerging markets, we still need power. Particularly in Africa, uh, we still need the coal power. We've got an abundance of coal uh, that I think can still benefit our economies. And a complete ban on these uh, coal fire, you know, coal power plants will definitely be a very negative, will have a negative impact on our economies. I mean, you've got the MEDUPs and, and, and all those uh, power stations that are being built. They're still going to need a lot of this coal. Uh, we've got a huge reserves. And, of course, we are only developing. So they cannot, you know, the Paris Agreement needs to be a lot more accommodative. And I think this is an approach that they are that taking. They and, are going to selectively look at some of and, the and, and the truth is a lot of companies have been turning a blind eye to this, you know, continue to fund uh, industries that, that are not environmentally friendly, but, you know, Standard Bank now having passed this resolution. But, Maori, let's continue with our conversation uh, just after this. It's exactly 7.51 on Metro FM Talk. 
It is exactly 7.53 on Metro Vemteok. We are in conversation with Maudi Linzwane as we uh, focus on the big business stories of the day. And just before the break, we were talking about the, the resolution taken by Standard Bank to now uh, basically focused on enhanced due diligence. Companies wanting funding for coal-fired uh, power projects now need to meet certain maximum emissions and size criteria uh, to, to make sure that they are also environmentally friendly. But let's also move on now, Maudi, and, and and take a look at uh, Woolworths not doing too well in Ghana for the second time, actually retracting and retreating from West Africa. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a very tough one, I think, for Woolworths, um, you know, in West Africa. I mean, their record is just not great. Uh, if you recall, back in 2013, they pulled out of Nigeria as well, um, you know, citing the fact that they've just you know, not been able to crack it um, like the likes of uh, Shoprite. I mean, the likes of Shoprite uh, were doing, you know, very well um, in in those areas. So, uh, Woolworths deciding that you know it's time to to call it quits um, in Ghana. Again, that operation has been very very disappointing, and uh, they're now going to be focusing, of course, on the operations in South Africa. They also um, have David Jones um, in in Australia. So. They want to primarily focus on those key areas, um, even though, you know, there's pressure as well uh, domestically here in South Africa. I mean, from the fact that we're not growing as an economy, and of course, we've seen the retail sales numbers come under a lot of pressure. So, But that's where they want to focus. Uh, they are much better received than the likes of West Africa. So they're pulling out completely, uh, officially announcing that they are, they are exiting Ghan, uh, the, the West African market. And, and and what would be the determining factors? You mentioned Shoprite doing well in that particular m- market. Why not um, the likes of of Woolworths? What have been their challenges? Yeah, so I think uh, what Shoprite has really been able to do in, in in that part of the world is that you know obviously for to run a you know a retailer efficiently, you do need to have you know your supply chains, you know all your warehouses in pro- properly well aligned. Um, you know, when they pulled out, I remember in 2018 when they pulled out of uh, Nigeria, they said, you know, the cost of, you know, the rental costs were too high. And also, I think in some of these markets, it's very complex when it comes to the uh, those taxes that they pay. Um, they found it very difficult to move goods in between um, that market. They don't have a lot of manufacturing, um, you know, from, 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 from that, those local markets. Uh, but also, they found it very difficult. And I think from a supply chain, um, it's very difficult to do business in Africa, especially if you don't have, you know, your your your, your suppliers um, in in those areas. You are going to find it very difficult. You have to then move goods, um, you know, from elsewhere to bring them into into that market, and that can prove to be a very difficult task. Mm. But really, I think South African retailers um, have had mixed fortune there. I think since 2017, the likes of Truworths and, and famous brands have closed outlets. Uh, but others like ShopRite, as you'd mentioned, and Walmart have actually you know, expanded their, their footprint. So it's certainly not a one-size-fits-all. Uh, yeah, so if you look at the South African market, in particular, I think if you look um, at the, the clothing uh, retailers, uh, compared to the food retailers, I think the clothing retailers have suffered a lot more uh, compared to the food retailers, um, and especially because there's been another competition coming through from these um, international retailers that have come through. I mean, if you look at um, Fenton um, City Mall, you'll see the likes of Zara, you'll see the likes of uh, H&M. Those are the brands that have come into this country 
and um, you know, given you know these local retailers, they run for their money, and that competition has intensified, and it's only it's only getting you know even tougher going forward. And now, quite a surprise, um, as far as the the, the markets and and uh, businesses are concerned, is the fact that Apple generated less than half of its total quarterly revenue uh, from sales of the iPhone. Um, now, this seemed to be quite a surprise in the sense that iPhone is, uh, I, I guess, their premier brand, and a lot of the other products lean very heavily on the iPhone. So, you know, they don't really work if if they're not connected to an iPhone. And the fact that Apple actually generated less of its uh, total quarterly revenue from the iPhone sales, that must be quite a wake-up call for, for the company. Look, I, I think this was long coming, uh, Tony, to be, to, be, to be honest, because, you know, we've seen the numbers in the past couple of, uh, you know, years, they've been declining. The Apple, um, the iPhone sales have been declining. And this is also coming, you know, from the fact that you've got a very tough competition of, 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 of smartphones. I mean, when you look at the companies such as uh, Huawei, uh, which has come through and really given, you know, the likes of Apple, they run for their money. So the iPhones sales have been declining over the past couple of um, couple of years, and one of the big questions that investors have been, you know, really asking themselves is, will Apple be able to uh, to come up with ways to, you know, in other words, support or make up for the losses in sales or in revenue of of, of those iPhones? And I think uh, they have been able to to do that, and very encouraging. I see the share price is up six percent, uh, which is good news. I think the market is happy with the fact that. The revenue elsewhere is increasing, even though the iPhone revenue is declining. So they, they're quite happy. I mean, you know, the, the, the Apple Pay, which is another, you know, app that they've launched, the Apple News, Apple Store continues to really perform very well. You've got the Apple Watch as well. So those are some of the products that Apple have been able to sort of come with, innovate and realize that they cannot continue to rely heavily on selling Let's look at it this way, though, Maudu. Yes, the Apple Watch has been doing well, uh, but they're still so heavily dependent on the smartphone in the sense that yeah. these are almost um, you know, secondary products that are reliant on this flagship brand of the iPhone. No, 100%. But, but basically what it means is that you know, customers are keeping those iPhones longer, but they are purchasing these other, you know, devices that are being supported uh, by iPhone. So, yes, you do need to connect uh, through the iPhone. So you are always going to need, you know, you know, to need to buy, you know, to have a device or iPhone, you know, in order to actually get those uh, services. So I think they are complementary, um, and, but definitely I think uh, slowly um, people realize that I don't have to get a new iPhone to be able to, you know, to... to, to to have um, you know uh, a functionality such as your Apple Pay or your Apple Watch uh, connected, I can still use the old um, iPhone um, to be able to actually still get the same benefit. So I think the, the decline has been there in terms of iPhones, but I think very encouraging is the fact that the revenue is basically being made up by the other revenue that's coming from the, the services uh, and other and other devices. Mm. And and quite interesting to note as well, you did mention that Huawei is a huge competitor, uh, Huawei being um, a, a Chinese brand and, and, and uh, Apple being American. Now, if we look at the business, 
is the business affecting the politics? Um, and in mind, I'm just thinking now of uh, the, the impasse between Huawei and um, the Trump. I think I think it is, uh, Zetani. I think you, also if you listen to just the rhetoric coming from 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 Donald Trump, I mean the the the, the one day he says no, look, this is a trade issue, and then he comes back to say, look, if um, you know if we resolve the trade issue, we could actually you know be lenient um, to Huawei. So that tells you that there's a lot of you know politics that has now. Uh, come to and you can understand why Donald Trump will really be uh, worried about what uh, you know the Chinese company, the Chinese uh, cell phone maker, has been able to do. You know they've literally just come back, you know, come through and they've taken over the the huge market and of course massive competition that does not rely on the U.S. Um, and it's not in the control of the U.S. and that's why uh, Donald Trump is so worried about uh, this company. And um, I think the tension will continue for as long as. You know the, the you know the, the, and it's not about the trade. I think the trade the trade is separate. Um, but I think at the bigger on the bigger side of things is the fact that you know there is this company that you, of course you can utilize to negotiate uh, the trade. Mm. And 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 obviously it's the big issue of taxes as well. Um, Apple will pay their taxes as an American company, and so that really does ben- benefit um, you know the, the GDP at the end of the day. Absolutely. So, with with regards to Huawei, that uh, tax is not coming through into the U.S., and of course, you will have problems with that. So, it's 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 what we're speculating, but it makes a lot of sense. It makes we're connecting the dots, aren't we, Marty? <laughs> connecting the dots. Well, thank you so much for your time this evening. Um, it's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. That's Maudi Linswani, the CEO of Lehomo Investments, with our business wraps uh, for today, the top stories of the day. But do stay with us. This is Metro FM Talk. We'll be having our tech conversations just after this.